And welcome to episode number 27 of the Building a Better Body podcast. Apologies if that was a bit high-pitched. <laughs> um, again, apologies as well for the lack of episode yesterday. Did you notice there was no automatic download in your uh, app? <laughs> I had some just other responsibilities I needed to do yesterday. But here I am right now in your ears. So not much excitement from me at the moment. So I will launch right into the show. <clears throat> a bit of a cough. So in the news, there was an article, it was in the BBC News, um, nine dementia risk factors identified. So according to an international study, one in three cases of dementia could be prevented if more people looked after their brain health throughout their lives. The study is to be presented at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference in London. Now, by 2050, 131 million people could be living with dementia globally. And there's an estimated 47 million at the moment. That is scary. So the nine factors said to contribute are as follows. Midlife hearing loss is responsible for a 9% of the risk. Failing to complete secondary education, 8%. Smoking, 5%. Failing to seek early treatment for depression, 4%. Physical inactivity, 3%. Social isolation, 2%. High blood pressure, 2%. Obesity, 1%. And type 2 diabetes, 1%. Now, obviously, those percentages are quite low and they add up to 35% in total. So the remaining 65% of dementia risk is thought to be potentially non-modifiable. 65 is high for that. Um, why, Why has it gone to this stage? You know, is it lifestyle, diet, overall stress, lack of brain stimulus? I'm no expert, but really we need to get to the root cause of why why this is happening because it, it's it's got much worse and there has to be a reason for it. You know, the report examines the benefits of building uh, a cognitive reserve, which means strengthening the brain's networks so it can continue to function in later life despite damage. Now, that actually brings to mind a TED talk I watched quite recently by a lady called Lisa Genova, who is a neuroscientist, and I will link to her TED talk in the show notes. She explains that Alzheimer's develops because of the breakdown in synapses. Now, initially we have over a trillion, which is great. We gain and lose them over time through a process called neuroplasticity. Plasticity. She explains that every time we learn something new, we are creating new and strengthening neural connections or new synapses. Now, the fascinating part about this talk was the fact she discussed a study carried out um, with over 600 nuns who were all over 75 years old. When the study began, they were monitored for over two decades. They were given physical checkups and cognitive tests frequently. So when they died, their brains were donated for autopsy. Now, the surprising aspect was that despite the fact that there was brain shrinkage, there was plaque and tangles, basically what are all clear signs of Alzheimer's, 
These nuns actually displayed no symptoms of the disease while they were alive. Uh, what they think the reason for this is because they have more cognitive reserve or, or functioning synapses. So think more uh, years of formal education, high degree of literacy, engaging in mental, mentally stimulating activities. Now, we're talking about creating real abundance of neural connections and synapses. So even with the disease compromising those connections, that they had much more in reserve, if you like. So she explains that we can become more resilient to the onset of Alzheimer's by learning new things. And we're talking about ideally, uh, you know, rich, meaningful um information so we're not talking about the old thing that people used to say do some crosswords that'll get your brain going that that's recalling information that you already know so to create better synapse connections we need to learn new information you know not going back and retrieving the old stuff that this this way of learning is paving you know new roads if you like so i think that's super interesting um now that, along with what I've discussed in previous episodes regarding diet and the brain-gut connection, I think we are at least setting ourselves up for the best chances in life. So yeah, that was a pretty interesting study. Now, moving on to the topic of the week, I am going to discuss facing your fears. So we've been touching upon this a little bit in my local meetup group. You know, all too often we, we sweep these scary thoughts under the carpet and, and distract ourselves with something else, like cleaning out the fridge. Or maybe that's just me. In fact, we do need to clean out the fridge. A lot of the time we tend to never actually get started on something because it seems, you know, far too much of a challenge or we're afraid of looking silly or stupid if we, we try and then we fail. I know it's a massive subject and I can't begin to understand what is happening in your lives right now and I'm sure what is going on can be very very real very terrifying and even paralyzing but what I'm talking about here is the kind of fear that holds us back that type of fear that we know deep down we should be facing the type of fear that if we manage to punch through huge barriers will actually it'll actually take its power away and thus gaining amazing benefits from going head on into it. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I try to recall past fears that I've managed to get through, looking back, they absolutely weren't as big a deal as I once thought. And you hear that all the time. And perhaps you've heard the quote from Mark Twain. He said, I have been through many terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. You know, we worry and dread, think far too much about the future and get stressed out to no end today and a large percentage percentage of this is not even necessary. Our, I guess our brains are just wired to keep us safe and we, we see a lot of threat around us so we, we like comfort and the status quo almost too much. Um, I believe we really need to learn to calm our brains down a lot, silence a bit of that inner chatter and live more in the present. Um, easy, easy said than done, easier said than done, I hear you cry and of course from time to time we can't help but get anxious when we think of the unknown or embrace our fears but if we can learn to deal with adversity you know lean into it a bit more and accept it 
and get more comfortable with it instead of running away from it the more we double with it the easier it, it, it should hopefully get um, we can always choose a reaction to certain circumstances and with time we can be more conscious about this now meditation of course is huge right now and I've been practicing it for quite some time and more recently I've actually discovered that less and less events that would have annoyed me are not so much now especially when it's something I have absolutely no control over you know there's always going to be people that do things that you don't agree with or frustrate you but when you learn to let go of this and and realize that they're going through their own struggles you know you, you just let them do their thing you can be much more at peace with what you choose to be your reaction also on the subject of fear of failure i mean let's define that a little bit more what really constitutes failure if something doesn't work out have we really failed not necessarily you know we try it again especially if it means a lot to us we try different methods and we learn a lot as we go along and this makes the end result well i believe so anyway the the end result much more rewarding and rich because there was a struggle along the way if everything in the world came to us easy um i don't think it would be as appreciated or it wouldn't bring you as much joy if you take a wee minute to think about that for a second besides i think failure is only true failure when you give up for good and even then perhaps it wasn't your true calling after all it didn't align with your core beliefs so so what do you think can you face fear head on today what's been gnawing away at the back of your mind you know what do you think i actually should get started on one small step is all that it takes okay so just to leave you with a a punchy little clip from a lady called mel robbins who is a motivational speaker now she's quite fast but hopefully you get the idea and one thing that i got away from it is don't put garbage in the way of getting stuff done let's rock today and see you later think about the lean on the house and i would think about the uh, bankruptcy that we were facing and i would think about how much we had fought the night before and I would think about the fact that I was unemployed. And I would hit the snooze button. And why would you get up when your life is like that? Why would you? In the scheme of life, hitting the snooze button is not that big of a deal. But here's the thing about life. None of us wake up and say, today is the day I destroy my life. What we do is we kind of check out because it feels overwhelming. Or we check out because we're afraid. Or we check out because we start listening to self-doubt. And then we make these teeny tiny decisions. A decision to not get up on time, a decision to not eat the right thing, a decision to snap at your kids, a decision to not speak in a meeting, a decision to not look for a job, a decision to not deal with your finances, a decision to not call your parents, like whatever it is. All day long, these tiny decisions that take you so far off track. And then you wake up like I did and you, you look at your life and you think, how the hell did I get here? And I was about to turn off the TV and there on the, the TV, there was this rocket launcher and I thought, oh my gosh, that is it. I am going to wash myself out of bed like a rocket ship like nasa right here had launched me out of that bed and i'm gonna move so fast that i don't think i'm gonna beat my brain the next morning the alarm goes off and um i pretended nasa was there it's the stupidest story i literally went five four three two one i counted out loud and then i stood up and i i'll never forget standing there in my bedroom it was dark it was cold it was winter in boston and for the first time in three months i had beaten my habit of hitting the snooze button I couldn't believe it, and I thought, wait a minute, counting backwards? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life.
Well, the next morning I used it again, and it worked. The next morning I used it again, and it worked. The next morning I used it again, and it worked. And then I started to notice something really interesting. You have about a five-second window in which you can move from idea to action before your brain kicks into full gear and sabotages any change of behavior. Because remember, your brain is wired to stop you from doing things that are uncomfortable or uncertain or scary. It's your job to learn how to move from those ideas that could change everything into acting on in the smallest moment. Because I went from getting up on time and waking up on time to shaking up my entire life. Because when you understand the power of a five-second decision, and you understand that you always have a choice to go from autopilot to decision maker, everything in your life will change. You will be a different negotiator, you will be different in sales, you will be unstoppable in the gym, because you will realize the amount of garbage that you put in the way of your hopes, of your dreams, of your potential, of your confidence, of your courage. Everything comes down to the decisions that you make. We all know what to do. None of us know how to make ourselves do it. So the single most profound use of the five second rule is mind control. You can actually use one stupid little trick to push yourself to grab it. I wanted to change my life. And I think most people that are miserable or that are that are really like dying to be great and dying to have more, we want to change. We want to live a better life. We want to create more for our families. We want to be happier. The, the desire is there. It's your job to push yourself. There are tricks that you can use that actually outsmart the tricks your brain plays on you. You can outsmart your own brain. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on any new diet or exercise.